0: Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that would change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Over the past four weeks, five weeks now, we've been looking at this book, Faith for Exiles, And we've been looking at how do we make resilient disciples in 2020 using these principles. Now, you'll need to go back and listen to the first four messages on the podcast. And I really encourage you to do that. There's some brilliant messages there. So before I talk about this topic of countercultural mission, I'm going to talk a little bit today about what the book calls Digital Babylon. So I'm going to let you know what that means before I do that. So in the Bible, the Hebrews were exiled to Babylon and they were shaped by the culture around them. It pressured them to conform organically and intentionally. They were conformed by just being there, just being around the culture. And they were also told how to behave. Now in 2020, the culture that forms us is actually in our pocket. And that's why we call it Digital Babylon. It conforms us intentionally and unintentionally. There is a culture of affirmation that is unintended. It's like when we get someone tapping that love button on our Instagram or reposting something. We're being affirmed without even really realizing it. And then we have intentional. We have advertisements that are trying to intentionally change us. Intentionally conform us. So tonight when I talk about Digital Babylon, you know that I'm talking about this device in our pockets. The, the device that we've, a lot of us have become slaves to. So what does it mean to live on mission right now in 2020? Now, when I started to think about this topic weeks ago, doing mission in your workplace, doing mission in your schools, in your university, with your neighbours, it looks really different to what it does today right now. We have a saying at Encounter Church, mission is your vocation. Now that doesn't change no matter what. Mission doesn't change. But there's a very famous line in ministry circles that says you marry the mission and date the method. So the mission of of going out and telling the world about Jesus, that doesn't change. But the how, the how, how we do things, that does change over time. And I think right now in 2020, we're in one of those biggest changing moments that we've ever been in that most people who are alive today has, have never seen this kind of quick change. So there's been a lot of research done by the Barna Group on resilient disciples. And in 2020, resilient disciples look like countercultural missionaries. Now, you might think of missionaries as people that go overseas and, and, and help the poor and tell about Jesus, and you're not wrong. But we are also on mission right here in Australia, or wherever you're listening to this. We are all missionaries. The data shows that resilient disciples, 90 percent of them, want to see Jesus reflected in them through their words and actions. And 76, say so they personally feel they have personally have a responsibility to tell others about their faith. So what does it mean to do countercultural mission? Now, many years ago, the only person with a mic was the guy standing up in front of the group of people talking to them. But in 2020, you all have a mic. You all have a voice. And in this season of online church and online life, let me tell you, living on mission and being countercultural is so important to do well because you have a voice. So what does God say about being on mission? Well, I'd love you to open up your Bible with me and let's turn to Jeremiah 29. It's going to be on your screen from verse 4 to 14. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek peace and prosperity in the, in of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you, do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are complete for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. For I will be found in you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So in this scripture, we're in the Old Testament, and in Jeremiah, when the Hebrew people were in exile in Babylon. Now, let me tell you, Babylon was not a great place. And they, the Israelites, were being shaped by the culture around them. They were behaving in ways perhaps they shouldn't behave. They were speaking in ways perhaps they shouldn't have spoken. Sounds a bit like us today, right? How much are we shaped by the things around us? But God sent Jeremiah to speak, to share a word with them, to bring them back. And his word wasn't popular, but Jeremiah was brave and he shared whatever God told him to share, even if they didn't make him the most popular. Now, from this book, we hear about God's faithfulness and how that we will and how that will bring out the promises he makes. That even though we are sinners, there is hope for the future. Right now, we need resilient disciples that are going to bring hope for the future. We are living in a time of exile right now. We are actually, we are exiled to our homes. We are are in exiles because we're not in a Christian world right now. And we're exiles because we're not in the kingdom of God's heaven right now with him. Doesn't mean we don't have God right here with us, but we're not in that fulfilled place. So we need to work out how to be effective in exile. Now, I think there are ways we can live on mission here in exile. But before I talk about that, let me tell you something. Being countercultural will mean you look different. We need to be brave Christians who are willing to step out and not look like the world. So, tonight, I want to challenge you to be brave. So, if we are exiles, how can we live on mission? Exiles should make prayer a mission. Jeremiah encourages us to pray for our countries, to pray for peace and prosperity. Now, if there is ever a word that is for us right now, that is it. I have noticed churches stepping up in prayer, having more prayer meetings, encouraging their people to pray more. We have a prayer meeting and we're going to run it for the next little while on Thursday nights because we're stepping that up as we should be, we should be people that pray. We should be people that pray for our prime minister, that pray for our healthcare and the healthcare workers, that pray for our businesses. But if I'm honest, if we really want to be resilient disciples, we actually need to be more interested in what God wants us to pray for. We need to be, we need to be stopping and asking God, what is it that you want? Now, I'm sure he'd say all those things that you mentioned before, Jen. But we need to understand that God's plans are bigger than our own. And we need to be willing to pray the dangerous prayers, the prayers that God puts on our heart to further his kingdom. Now, I want to encourage you, if you want to pray dangerous prayers, this week, jump on Version Bible and start the Dangerous Prayers um, Bible version app. Um, it's by Craig Rochelle and it's brilliant. Jessica and I did it a few weeks back and it was so challenging about us praying dangerous prayers. Now exiles, we should be faithful and holy. As Christians we should look different. What you put out there on social media it needs to look different. How you act at the shops needs to look different. How you speak to others needs to look different. How you live your life matters. God needs his people to be faithful and to show the world how to live right now. The ways of spiritual growth and cultural impact in exile is through the pursuit of holiness. Never has there been more of a chance for Christians to have a voice to millions of people Right now, you have a speaker to so many people and how you use that matters. God wants us to be faithful in how we speak and act online. He wants us to be holy. To be holy online. That's huge. How easy is it for us to say whatever comes to our head? But I believe right now, the world doesn't need Christians on their high horses about things. It needs holy Christians, people who are seeking God to share the light of Jesus in helpful and, co- and ways that are engaging this, in this cultural time. Living on mission means that what you do to become more like Jesus is not only about your own personal walk, but it's also about those who are watching you. Now, that's not to put pressure on you to be perfect. Actually, it's one of the reasons we have the value of real in our church. Because we need you to talk about where you are right now, as well as where you want to be. But we need to remember that people are waiting to see if the Christians will rise up in this time and really look like Jesus. Now, exiles, exiles should be fruitful. Now, I know that seems a bit silly, fruitful in a time of exile, Jen. Exile is hard. It's different. I mean, from this extrovert, let me tell you, it's hard to self-isolate. But we can be fruitful in this time and God's calling us to be fruitful. Jeremiah tells us in that, in that verse, the verse, the verses that we read. He says to the Israelites, he says, be fruitful, plant trees, Now, if you're going to plant a tree, you can't just plant it and walk away. You have to water it. You have to look after it. You have to commit to it. And I think God is calling us to commit in this time. And this was the last thing that the Israelites wanted to hear. They wanted to get up and run away. Now, in COVID-19 time, I'm not saying you have to stay in isolation forever. or, Or even simply be grateful for life. I mean, that's something we should do, but... What I'm saying is that God wants you to be faithful. He wants your mission to be fruitful. He wants you to invest in things. He wants you not just to sit there and wait for it to be over. I'm sure the Israelites wanted to run away, like I said, and go back, or very least sit and grumble. They did a lot of grumbling. But what Jeremiah was saying, and I believe it's important for us right now, is to use this time to be fruitful, to have those long conversations with people about faith, to research those questions you have, to invest in people, to go deeper in your faith with Jesus. Don't just sit there waiting for life to go back to what it was before COVID-19. That is not living a life on mission. Right now, you and I, We're on mission and this mission should look fruitful. And exiles, exiles should live for the sake of others. Exiles must be wary, realistic and also hopeful. I know many of us, all we talk about, all we hear about is COVID-19. And while we're sick of it, we can't seem to get away from it. We have actually seen a spike in mental health cases over the last couple of weeks. We have seen people angry over toilet paper, people scared to leave their homes. And God help you if you want to find sanitizer, right? It's gone a bit crazy. And with so much going on, God's not saying ignore that. Pretend like it's not going on but he's saying, don't buy into the hype of spending every hour of every day looking up what is going on with this virus. He is saying, be realistic, don't do things that you know you shouldn't do, but also don't fall into the rabbit hole of despair when there is actually so much to be hopeful for. Many of you are gonna fall into a state of depression if you don't have something meaningful to do with your life. If surfing the internet becomes your daily norm, and watching for every news bit on this virus consumes all your time. So, what do we have to do? We have to live a bigger mission, more than just serving ourselves. We have to remember that what you say and do matters. To become culturally engaged and to do counter cultural mission, then you have to live on mission. You need to live on mission. We can sacrifice for Jesus. We can put aside selfish ambition. We can pray for peace and prosperity in our cities. We can experience Jesus doing miracles. We can trust God's power and live differently from the cultural norms. God promises in Jeremiah Jeremiah 29 that the plans he has for the Israelites are good. But if you read just slightly before that, it says that after 70 years, he's going to take them out of Babylon. 70 years. It's 70 years from now. I'll be 91 or something close to that. Just because God's timing and God's plans are different to yours doesn't mean they're not good. I believe God had good plans with the Israelites. And we saw that you can read on later on. About that but I believe God has good plans for our lives as well. So what might God do through you in this time? How can you bring hope to those around you? If Jesus really is the hope of the world and I believe that He is, then how are you bringing hope to the rest of the world? Which brings me to my next point. Exiles should take epic risks to say and do what is right. Throughout history, it has been Christians who have been on the front line of plagues and pandemics, getting their hands dirty, willing to die for the sake of helping their brother and sister and showing Jesus to the world. There's a story in the Bible that Jesus calls the Good Samaritan, and he tells about how there's this guy on the side of the road and he's been beaten up and he's laying there waiting for someone to come and help him and someone walks by and ignores him. And then another guy walks by and ignores him. And then the third person sees him and shows compassion and mercy and picks him up, puts him over his saddle, probably puts blood all over his horse, bottle over his saddle, but he takes him to the next town and he pays somebody to look after him, to care for him and he comes back later and checks on him. Right now, we're told to walk past everyone, to keep that 1.5 metre. And that's for our safety. But can I tell you, sometimes God is calling us to listen to him over listening to what man says. When I was in Indonesia, I, uh, we went to a Muslim island and this this island was so Muslim that um, and they, they actually unfortunately hate a Christian and not all Muslims hate Christians at all. Lots of them love Christians. But on this particular island, they were so against Christianity that they wouldn't allow Christians onto this island. And we went on there and we were told to dress um, in the full head gear and everything and not to tell anybody that we were Christians. And so we went over there and we prayed in our heads as we walked around and nobody knew we were Christians. And they were in this shopping mall and the Lord, clear as day, said to me, Jenny, I want you to go and buy an orange and I want you to give it to that lady that's sitting over there on the sidewalk. And I want you to give it to her and I want you to tell her that I love her. And I was petrified. I knew that the Lord was speaking to me. It was very clear, but I was petrified. But I did it. I decided that I wanted to obey God over fear. And so I went to her and I gave her the orange and I just simply said, Jesus loves you. And she looked at me and she smiled and she just said, thank you. And then I left. And can I tell you, in that moment before I gave her that orange, before I told her those simple words that Jesus loves you, I was petrified. But I knew, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I needed to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment. We are called to be the voice and the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're, you're Jesus. But when he sent off his disciples, he said to them, go out into the nations and spread the word of God. And we have a chance right now to speak to Jesus, speak about Jesus into people's lives. Isaiah 52 7 says how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring the good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Many of you are waiting for your big moment in the light to share Jesus with thousands of people. Stop it. Right now, your best mate or your old school friend, needs to hear about Jesus. They need to hear your voice about Jesus. How you act right now, people are watching. They need you to share the hope you have in Jesus, no matter how scared that might make you. Right now, God needs Christians who are brave. What will you do if God is calling you to do it? Or will you let fear hold you back? Now, I'm not saying go walk into a hospital of, of full of COVID-19 patients and sit with them while they suffer. But if God asked you to, would you? What if God said, I want you to go over and pray for that person? What if God asked you to do something more crazy than that? Will you stand on the front lines of this pandemic Would you do it if God told you to? We as exiles need to take epic risks to do what is right. Resilient disciples say, okay, God, what is it? What is it you want me to do? Because I'm willing to do whatever it takes, no matter the risk. Many years ago, we quit a really well-paying job just as we were having our first child just days after we bought our first home. People thought we were being financially stupid, that we weren't in our right minds. They might have been right about that that last one. Now we're not perfect and we don't claim to be, but we are willing to do what God says over what other people say. Am I scared to take risks? Yes. Many times I feel God prompting me to ask someone random uh, if I can pray for them. And am I scared? Yes. But it's in this time that we as Christians need to take those risks for Jesus. When He says do it, we need to say yes. We need to trust God over man. Now, if you don't remember anything else tonight, if you want to become countercultural and to live on mission, trust God over man. Every time. Now we as as exiles, we must find a home in God. Jeremiah 29 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. This was designed to help them find their identity in Jesus and what is done for them. When you find your home in God, you find that living on mission is part of who you are. It's normal to say, can I pray for you? It's normal to pray. It's normal to witness about Jesus. It's normal to find hope in what feels like hopeless situations. The point of all this is to remind us the following Jesus. It brings, while well, it brings us into exile. Exile is a high and ultimately rewarding calling. There is beauty in exile. And in the time we live in 2020, the exile that we're in right now, there is absolute beauty and there's absolute hope to live as God's people, to follow His Son through the power of His Spirit, requires us to choose. Going along with the flow simply won't do anymore. We have to choose every day, who do we serve? Who is more important in our lives? Jesus wants us to be resilient disciples. And there is power in exile as resilient disciples. We need to come to grips with how to live as God's people on mission. It is our job to live on mission. Some of you have lost your jobs this week and we're really sorry. And maybe you need to hear that you are still on mission. God still has a good plan for your life. Over the next few weeks and month, or months, God wants us to see all we do as mission, that we need to look different. We need to act different because when Jesus is in us, it makes us into someone new, someone different, someone amazing. If you want to live your whole life on mission, can I encourage you today? Ask God, where do I start? What is it that you want me to do today, God? Because even with our best intentions, Jesus still has better plans for your and my life. And he wants to use us to change the lives of others through mission on this earth. Exiles should realise that God is at work for good, even in exile. Right now I am seeing God at work through his people. I see people pressing in in prayer. I see people living by faith right now when everyone else is freaking out, we can show them how to be countercultural and live a spirit of peace, knowing that God is working out all things for his good. Things might seem hopeless, but there is always hope in Jesus. And we need to remember that to be counter-cultural missionaries in 2020. So can I encourage you, church? Live on mission this week. Let's be brave, resilient disciples. Have a wonderful week. God bless. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you're able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.